0: Before we get to today's episode, I want to share something really incredible with you. So if you've been following me for a minute, you know that I do talk a lot about helping our kids learn how to regulate their emotions. I also talk often about the fact that emotion dysregulation in younger children is developmentally appropriate and all the tools and tricks and ways that parents can help their children maneuver from emotionally dysregulated to eventually learning how to manage their emotions. There is a lot to this conversation, more to come on that, but here is what I want to share with you. There is a set of books, it's children's books that are called Team Super Crew. They are incredible. It's four books in a box set. And each book talks about a different big emotion that your child is likely experiencing. I love these books for a lot of reasons. But number one, they are so relatable for kids they are not text heavy, which is something I really appreciate about a children's book, meaning your child will really be able to manage the language in this book and they'll be able to take it in fairly quickly. The illustrations are beautiful and they're just so fun. Each story centers around something, frustration, being brave, trying new things. And the beauty about these books is this. If you listen to me for a minute, you know I always tell parents don't try to regulate their emotions amidst the dysregulation, meaning when they're having a tantrum, that isn't the time that we want to go in and try to help them calm down or give them solutions in that moment. But we do want to work on it while they are calm. So with the Team Super Crew books, the advantage to this is that you get to look at these books with your kids while they're calm, while they're regulated, and you get to have open-ended conversations with them about this. What do you think this character is feeling? When have you felt this way? What do you think this character did to fix the problem? That's amazing. What have you done when you felt frustrated? Do you know what that means when you feel frustrated? So many different ways to use the books. I can't stop talking about them. If you've been following me on TikTok, you know that I made a whole video dedicated to Team Super Crew books. So for more information about these, go ahead and look in my show notes. I have the link there. You absolutely want to grab these. There are four adorable books that your children and you will absolutely love. Hi, welcome to the Parenting Reframe podcast. I am Elbiona Rakipi, your host. I'm a former teacher, a parent, currently a pediatric speech and language pathologist, and I'm a writer. I've worked with thousands of children and families throughout the last 20 years, and I have learned so much. On this podcast, we'll approach parenting from a curious place. We'll ask questions and get answers, explore new ideas. Unpack the unconscious beliefs and expectations we hold on to about parenting and reframe what it means to parent. We'll search for solutions to some of our biggest parenting challenges, set aside judgments, and find our way through this wild journey. My hope is that this podcast is a space where parents can feel seen, heard, and supported. Welcome aboard and let's reframe together. Hi, Andra. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, we were chatting a little bit before we started to record, and I was explaining to you that. You know, eczema has become one of those things that it seems like every other parent I talk to is struggling with it, much more so than I would say when my kids were younger. I have older children there. My son is 20 and my daughter is almost 18. And I think my daughter had a little bit of it, but it wasn't anything that was too pervasive or anything that we even really sought treatment for. So before I even get into it, first, I want you to introduce yourself. And then I kind of want to jump all into like eczema 101. What is it? What are we looking at? And just sort of the the beginning steps of of what you start to see with some of the people that you work with.
1: Yeah. My name is Andra McHugh. I host the Eczema Kids podcast and brand. And I do help coaching surrounding this whole issue because, as you said, it's really, it's pervasive at this point. And there's going to be at least 10% of your audience, you know, that's struggling with this specifically, Mm -hmm. if not more. And it's a real shame because you know, while it sounds benign, eczema is an autoimmune condition. So it's really quite serious. And for me, it's just this alarming sound bell that says, you know, we need to change some things. And, you know, I'm just one of those like classic make your mess, your message type of tale. I have four kids now, but, you know, when this became like a really big issue for us, I had three and I just found myself in a time when uh, I had a two-year-old with head to toe eczema just like came on like overnight seemingly it was very strange and then my third daughter was just born with it like that on the Mm -hmm. hospital documents they said she has a neonatal rash and then she just she's got worse and worse and worse and you know her whole little body was just on fire and it just I at the time I was working in the dental world in doing OSHA seminars for dental professionals. And while I was pregnant with my third daughter, I was in one of the most prominent hospitals here in the dental ward. And, you know, for that and just also like cesarean births and and a bunch of reasons. Like I I knew like my kids had this kind of deficient gut flora and probably a higher than normal like chemical exposure. And that's where we were. And I took them to the pediatrician because that's what you do when your kids aren't well. You take them to the pediatrician and. I remember leaving that appointment. My my third daughter was only two months old and uh, I was crying because I was basically shamed. Like they're like, this is really bad. And I said, I know this is why I'm here. Yes, this is horrible. Like, I don't know what else to do. He gave me two prescriptions of steroids. Like he said, you have to start using these immediately. Like this is out of control. And wear gloves yourself because of how toxic they are. And the third note was really just, you know, eczema is is a chronic condition and there's just nothing that you can really do about it. It's just something that you're going to have to manage for the rest of their lives. And to me, that wasn't sufficient. That wasn't going to work for myself or my family. And and that was really our turning point where we just thought we have to come up with something better And and did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I think so
0: many parents will understand that feeling of, you know, there is no solution, but let's just figure out how to manage it. And here you are with a baby. It's not like that's a very long time. Like, what are we talking about here? So, you know, you can be so afraid as a parent in terms of just like, what does this look like? And, you know, in terms of the long haul, do you find is the research sort of indicating that when we have C-sections versus vaginal births, is there an increased
1: rate of eczema in those instances? Definitely. And unfortunately, that's happening more and more as well. They say it's upwards of 30 percent of all births are now cesareans. And, you know, like the way it was designed is they come out the birth canal and it is for a reason. It's because they are exposed to all of those beneficial bacteria, you know, from mom. And yeah, how many births? They don't get that exposure and they're basically born sterile, which is just not the path to lifelong health, unfortunately. Sure, Absolutely. Is
0: there any connection? I mean, I can get to this a little bit later, too, but I just want to make sure I remember to ask. But is there any connection between eczema and allergies? Like I feel like a lot of kiddos who do have eczema also usually have some type of either food allergy, outdoor allergy or plural allergies.
1: Is that something that's pretty consistent? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, most of the people I talk to have these just textbook allergies, but then there's always these random sensitivities on top of that because of just the way like if you have eczema, there's a gut barrier problem. Like you have leaky gut for sure. That's like 100 percent. There's an inappropriate balance of like beneficial gut flora and uh, hazardous gut flora. So those two things are are ubiquitous. And yeah, with that comes a lot of allergies because your body is fighting off, you know, things that shouldn't be triggers that are food that are a lot of times nourishing foods. But your body is taking them in as invaders and processing it in an incorrect way. And then you see the end product is eczema. Interesting. So walk me through that.
0: So you get this diagnosis for your daughter. You're kind of feeling at a complete loss. You're being handed, I think, what most doctors or dermatologists do, which is give us steroid creams. And again, I mean, I just want to express that if anybody has found those paths to be helpful and useful. And we're not negating that road. If that's something that you feel comfortable doing with your pediatrician, by all means, you want to navigate this thing in terms of what works best for you. But talk to us a little bit about what your next steps were and how you managed like that diagnosis with the quote unquote conventional treatment and what prompted you to kind of say, I don't want to really go this route.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Like my message is most importantly, like one of hope that you can, Mm. you can turn this around just as a parent, you know, without an MD, you can. And if you had a cesarean, like I did, I had four, you know, like Mm. you can turn this around. And if you need to use steroids to get through a really hard season, that's okay. You can still turn it around. So what I first did when I came home from that appointment was just delve into the research. And I stayed up like, crazy amounts of nights just reading books by very smart people, you know, by a lot of doctors. And, and I knew that the biggest impact that I could make, you know, I was nursing my young infant and then my two-year-old was two. But the biggest thing that I could do was like start in the kitchen and start giving them digestible food because it was very clear that there was an inability to digest food at the root of this. Okay. So that
0: was kind of your first step. So, you know, you can't stop a mom on a mission. I always say it Do The minute we find out something, we're like, watch out where we'll do it. We will leave no stone unturned. So you start to research everything on your own. You're reading everything from really qualified people. And you're kind of starting to say, I think I'm going to do this differently. And when you say digestion, were they experiencing constipation? Were they not able to go regularly? And then what were some of those food switches or swaps that you started with?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was a big issue is that you don't have the digestive enzymes, you know, to properly digest proteins or emulsify fats in a lot of these cases. And that was definitely the case for us. Like, uh, you know, my kids had had all of it. You know, there's definitely constipation running rampant through the house. And then there was also like they uh, my little baby would like throw up like pretty regularly, you know, and just it was quite the mess and quite the sleep wrecker all around, but. The biggest part, so our first part of our course and our method is really about making digestible food. And that's the piece that I was really missing. It's that's a different, you know, nomiker than healthy, like plain kale mm-hmm. isn't digestible, you know, while it's, it's touted as a healthy food. It's not something that's going to like turn the dial for our little kids. So it's about eating seasonally, which we also like lost touch with, but that really helps digestion because it's got the correct microbes from the correct season and the correct growing conditions, you know, and that's all being put into your body and and helping grow our little kids' mm-hmm. tissues. And also, you know, you need to cook things to make it more digestible. And then there's a lot to be said about food combination. You know, you don't want to eat like beans and meat, for example, in the, in the same sitting because the mm-hmm. digestive enzymes required for either of those is completely opposite. And so some of it is just left in your stomach undigested is like what ends up happening when you are consuming things that don't really go together. So it's a multi-layered thing, but the through line is it has to be digestible. Wow, that's amazing because like you're right, you're
0: thinking to yourself, all right, I'm going to load up on veggies and fruits, right? That's usually what we're the information that we're given. But there's this whole other science behind what's actually digestible versus What's just a healthy food? We're not taking anything away from those foods, but you were really looking at that digestion piece. So I should mention you do teach a course, correct, to parents? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And within that course, I know you embed a lot of these things and really walk parents through that process because it can be pretty daunting. So you start to switch out the foods that are going to be, you know, better for your kiddos digestion. Were there any other changes that you made in terms of household changes or did it really start with the foods that they were eating?
1: that was the start and then i guess simultaneously you know you're you're dealing with the symptoms in here and now like they're itchy and there's there's staff yeah. there's an increased staff count on anyone who's suffering with eczema skin you know and they weren't sleeping they were just uncomfortable and and a lot of times their skin was bleeding like it was just mm-hmm. so raw and the skin barrier just thins out so badly when you have eczema and so yes yeah, simultaneously then i was treating their skin with herbal oils
0: mm okay And so you're treating them with herbal oils. I mean, I know some people who really can't even take their kids in the sun because the eczema is so severe. Is that something that you typically come across or is there some combination of like really sensitive skin, which makes sense. And then being out in the sun is being kind of really problematic. So you can see where it would be so interfering in terms of lifestyle. And like you're saying, they're not sleeping, they're uncomfortable, they're in pain, they're probably irritable. There's the secondary and tertiary effects of this really go on and on. So you you're treating kind of the symptoms with the herbal oils. We're changing out some of those dietary choices in terms of eating foods that are going to help that gut microbiome and really help with digestion. Where did that go then next? Like, when did you start to see that? I think it might be working. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes I think as a parent, we try and we're like, I've been doing it. It didn't work. So I think sometimes like patience is something that we can often like negate in those moments because we see they're in pain or we see they're struggling and we want to take it away and we just want to fix it. So what was that process like for you then when you decided to go about it in a more kind of holistic way?
1: Yeah, well, some of it was like these just bigger lifestyle changes. And you mentioned, you know, going out in the sun and like a hesitancy to do that. Whereas the sun, you know, you have to like a lot of us are under illuminated, just as you can be dehydrated, you know, or malnourished. You're not getting mm. enough sunlight. And that's the case for a lot of our kids. You know, they go to daycare or they go to school all day and they're just not getting the vitamin D and the, the blue light that comes from the sun that's really necessary for their holistic health. So that's part of it. It's just like, you know, for any autoimmune disease or just people in general, like a healthy practice would be to get as much sunlight, honestly, as you can. but without the chemical sunscreen and without overdoing it so that you're not burnt because that's sure. Yeah. So anyway, the sun, like it's just one of those counterintuitive things that could be definitely used for healing and and it should be. So it was incorporating those sort of lifestyle changes, learning more about that, like, oh, goodness. Yeah, this is something that really needs to be incorporated into our daily life. And then I was just thinking about what can I do to make our environment healthier and less triggering because there was clearly just like you said so many things happening it's so multifaceted it's like a very hot and very dry and mobile type of condition you know like it would move all around and it just it was hard for me to decide like oh is is this even a flare right now because it was just always looked like a flare in both of them like it was just yeah. traumatizing for us for you know my husband and I and them but then I really started to dive into the research of of water and EMFs and mold and not only just like identifying these triggers, but then really what we could do about it. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so
0: curious to know, did it take a while to start to see the effects or to start to see the healing happen? Or do you find that it doesn't actually take a while? You start to see some real amazing changes in, in terms of symptoms or the way the eczema is presenting. How how long?
1: I mean, it's probably not the same answer for everybody, but I'm just curious to know. I mean, within two weeks, my clients are seeing a turnaround. It's certainly not Fixed and you know a lot of most of my clients come to me in a pretty bad way, but you see the changes like a lot of them say like I see little bits of progress every day because you're in it, you're there and you and you notice even just with the skincare stuff alone it just you can see the changes bit by bit by bit and for me, that's what gave me the motivation to keep going yeah, oh my goodness, I know
0: and so. I'm guessing that they're better now. Is this correct? Am I? Because I think I've read uh, some of the work that you've done and I know that you sort of consider them to be, you know, quote unquote healed, or at least that eczema doesn't kind of rule the roost anymore. Is that something that's always ongoing in terms of always making sure that they're eating a certain way? Or does the body adapt and start to say like, okay, I have a balanced immune system now. I'm understanding that I don't have to have these inflammatory responses. What does that look like in terms of like the biology of it?
1: Yes. I would say like we've completely reversed it. Like my little six-year-old who was that two-year-old at the time, I mean, she's got the strongest digestion of anyone. Like she can just anything and power through anything. And she's on swim team and, you know, like regular chlorine, all the things like she's fine. And she'll even use lotion and she's had the softest skin. My four-year-old is, you know, she was the baby and, you know, she goes to preschool. And with that, there's like a whole bunch of things that get uh, introduced there and extra food and all the things. And she takes that in stride and she can eat eggs and she can eat chocolate and she can eat all the things that we had to take out for a moment of time. And that is always the goal, right? It's never to just avoid almonds for the rest of your life. Like that's never the goal. It's to completely heal and rebuild your digestion so that you can handle everything, you know, as it comes. That said, there's still just this practice of moderation that we do. And it's changed, you know, our typical rhythm of family life and it changed it for the better. Like everyone in our family is healthier because we cook everything from home, mm-hmm. you know, when we use quality ingredients and we use anti-inflammatory herbs and spices and we do put a priority on, you know, that outdoor time, all those things, it contributes to, yeah, a healthier trajectory and just a better experience day to day.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in all of that and I, I cook a lot myself and always have. And I think we know more now than we ever did in terms of what's in our food, where's our food coming from? You know, there's just so much more information out there and we're making, we're connecting more dots. And certainly it's empowering, quite frankly, right? Knowing that we can have the ability to change, right? What you were told was a, an uncurable disease, essentially, or condition, you've said to yourself, no, I, I'm sure that's not the case and and solved it. So I'm going to kind of kind of play like role playing here for a second. So if I'm a parent and I have a baby or a young toddler and I'm really dealing with some chronic eczema, I'm at my wit's end, it's really pervasive, my child's not sleeping, a lot of the kind of symptoms we talked about, really itchy skin, they're clearly not comfortable. Where does one even begin? Like what are maybe the top three pieces of advice you would start with or give that parent?
1: eat seasonal anti-inflammatory food that you cook that's a huge game changer don't put anything on your skin that you wouldn't eat you know number two mm-hmm. and and really utilize like the skin organ as it is it absorbs everything into your bloodstream and you can use that to your advantage if you apply the right types of things on it and then three i would start to really take in your environment like do the mold test you know that you probably don't want to do and <laughs> and take a look at your water, just those everyday influences. And as they said, they're, they're just growing at such a rapid rate and they're building their tissues and their cells are regenerating every day. That's the blessing. But then when we regenerate those cells, we just want them to be stronger than they were before.
0: Perfect. And in that same vein, what are the couple of things that you would say absolutely don't do or we know that this is inflammatory outside of like the chemicals and things like that? Like you mentioned some already where there is like food that we perceive as healthy, but those aren't great term in terms of like your digestive enzymes and what's going to help your child in terms of digestion. So what are three things you'd probably say to stop doing?
1: Don't buy any chemical cleaners like Windex or anything like that. I make my own just with water and tea tree oil, you know, and then I use mm-hmm. vinegar for glass and mirrors and, you know, things like that in the floors. You know, I would stop drinking unfiltered water, but okay, still needs to be alive. Like just RO filters, like reverse osmosis. It's part one because it's like filtering the bad out of the water, but then it's not re-energizing it with like the minerals and things that are supposed to be in there. And um, what else would we stop doing? Stop eating all the time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the thing with little kids is people are so worried about the number of calories that they're taking in. And they're just like yeah. eating them, usually junk, you know, mm-hmm. 24-7. It's just as long as they're awake, they're like eating and they have these little plastic cups with like dry, hard foods in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Those, yeah. like Yeah, a bunch of those things. And just those dry, hard foods, that's like one thing that you wouldn't want to do for eczema because it dehydrates you. Right. And they're all Mm be chronically dehydrated. But yeah, those three things would really, really move the dial.
0: Yeah. Do you put minerals in your water then after you filter it? I know people who do that or they add like mineral drops or different things like that.
1: Yeah. I've tried and I put mineral drops like in the mason jar when I soak beans or something like that overnight. Mm -hmm. But we have an under the sink water filter that remineralizes. Oh, mm mm-hmm. So, it's yeah, perfect. I know there
0: are so many different options now on the market in terms of like what to do regarding, you know, filtering your water and all of that. And I mean, it's amazing, and it's interesting how we can really start to change these things on our own and you know, make some of those swaps that you describe. But it really is, you know, a whole environment change, right? From the foods that we're eating, from what we're eating, how much we're eating to then just what products are we using? What is the air quality in our home? Is there mold in our home? Like it sometimes can be the thing that can get us to look more deeply at the toxic load all around us to really start to make better choices, not just for your kiddos who have eczema, but for everybody, right? My guess is you all probably benefited from the changes.
1: Yes, 1000%. And like your show, I mean, that was the reframe. It's not like, oh, goodness, our kids came into this world like so disadvantaged. It's like, Okay. We have to address this like our tensions were focused and now holistically all all of us are doing much better, all six of us. And yeah, we're able to impact, you know, friends and family as well. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Do you see any correlation with, you know, I work with a lot of kiddos who have ADHD and um, children who have a number of different diagnoses. And there's a lot of conversation around like dyes and foods and things of that nature. Does that kind of all fall in? I mean, I know obviously it can't be good. But is that also one that you would kind of say certainly can be very inflammatory or, you know, what's the research out there regarding the dyes and the food and skin conditions, inflammatory responses, things of that sort?
1: Yeah, 1,000%. It's really on the same scale. Like if you just like envision, you know, this line of autoimmunity, like some people, you know, it comes out to their skin and some people... The inflammation like really resides in their brain and then they end up, yeah, they have, you know, ADHD or these other challenges that really do change your child and really change the way that your household operates. And it's just something that you have to deal with. But it is a continuum, I believe. And nobody would be unserved by just (laughs) cooking more, by eating more anti-inflammatory foods, by using more spices, you know. Yeah. There's not one person that wouldn't benefit from doing these type of things. Okay, so just to play devil's advocate, let's say somebody
0: comes to you, and I'm sure this has happened, and they're like, "My two year old is so picky; they will not eat the foods that you're describing. There is no way." And then we're going to deal with not only a kiddo who's irritable because of all the things that they're experiencing with their eczema, but now they're hungry. So where do you begin there for a real picky eater?
1: Yeah, you know, I have clients from both the ends of the spectrum that they're like, "I'm already cooking, you know, four different meals and." this isn't going to work. And I have people that are like, well, I'm making one meal, but it's not really serving anyone. And my toddler still sticks up their nose. And um, some of my clients, you know, have older children and they're really more autonomous and they have to make their own decisions and be relied on to choose for themselves, like at lunch and at friends and all the things. So I would say you make what you make. Like, that's it. There's one option Mm -hmm. per meal. Sit down to eat it. If you don't eat it, Okay. You can't force anyone to eat or sleep or go to the bathroom. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Like those are kind of the three laws of parenting. And Mm -hmm. I just abide by that. There's always nutritious, really good tasting food served. Yeah. At every meal. Like I know that it's not snips and snails and puppy tails, right? Like this is like good stuff that tastes really Mm -hmm. delicious. We're all eating it. And it goes a long way in showing them, you know, when you're eating it, like don't have then a side dinner of, processed junk you know like everyone needs yeah. a cauliflower and my four-year-old seriously the other day was like I love yellow cauliflower like and yeah <laughs> we're like, and, you know but she's grown up this way my eight, or she's nine now she's a tougher cell. like she doesn't love it and so we have some rules to help with that it's like we do one sugar event a day and if it's after dinner like you get to do that after you've eaten your vegetables like just that part of the meal like you don't have to do a clean plate club type of things. But yeah, really just sitting down to eat as a family that you, you get to show them the behavior that you want them to engage in, which goes a long way. And it just helps with family connection and lowering, you know, their cortisol and that makes things more digestible in that way. But really it it comes down to this is it for two days. Yeah, yeah Take- no, definitely. Oh, gosh, this is so helpful. I think so
0: many parents are going to hear what you're saying. And if they're in the throes of this, I know they're going to come your way. Where can people find you? How can people get access to you and your course? I know you have so many good insights and pieces of wisdom that are really going to help parents who are in the throes of this.
1: Yeah. So if you're just I don't know where to start. I have two freebies. Like I have like a seasonal best foods guide and a product guide for eczema management. And those two things are free all at my website, eczemakids.com. We do have a course, we have a, a DIY and a, and a VIP option, which involves a little bit more coaching, but either way you can go through it and you tackle it step-by-step-by-step. By step by step. I mean, my journey would not have been nearly as long as it was had I just had a path. Like I would have given my right arm to just, for somebody yeah. to tell me holistically, you know, something that's serving their better health, what I should do in, mm-hmm. in, in all of these areas. And then we have skincare, we have herbal oils, And this anti-itch, anti-staff spray, and then this really, really creamy tallow cream that just helps lock in the moisture and all the things like I just, Uh, you know, I don't want kids to suffer. I want them to feel good in their skin and just feel really, really called to help others through this. That's amazing. And there's so much to be said
0: about somebody who's walked the walk and who actually has experienced this and has come through it. And then to share that wisdom and to share that guidance with others, I think, is so incredible, I know your work is going to be valued and is valued by many. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom about eczema and the struggles that parents are going through, feeling seen, but then also knowing that there is hope. There is a way through this. You don't have to look at it as this chronic condition. That's a life sentence. And you're just going to have one tube of steroid cream after the other (laughs) to get you through it. So there are better ways. And quite frankly, I think sometimes that's the call that families need to sort of adopt healthier habits. And as a result, everybody really thrives and benefits. Andra, thank you so much for being here. I will include all of Andra's information in the show notes. If you're interested in grabbing her course and working with her or learning more about what you can do, I certainly highly recommend going over to Andra's website and doing those things and listening to her podcast. Andra, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening right now. And what really makes my day is if you share or recommend the podcast to a friend, it is the greatest compliment. If you have not already, head on over to parentinereframe.com where you can subscribe to get my weekly newsletter, Parenting Skimmed, 10 sentences delivered to your inbox every Thursday to help you parent and live a better life. It's for the parent who constantly told me, I just don't have time to read. Make sure to come and say hi to me on Instagram at The Parenting Reframe. My DMs are always open and I love hearing from you. Until next time, this is Albiona.